Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, Cheeseheads. Welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. This is Franco, your host for the show. Today, we're talking about another disappointing result, game, whatever. <sighs> 3-1 defeat to Man United in the league. Joining me, as always, to discuss this all the way from Vienna is the Harlow Globetrotter. How are you doing, HG? The end is nigh. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm surprisingly okay. I don't tend to get too disappointed with results, um, especially right now because I have a feeling they're going to happen. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> Whilst I think I just said to you, I didn't have any, I was under no illusions that we were going to get results. They really, I still convinced myself that we, we could do because otherwise there's no point watching football matches, is there? But it's just the disappointing way that it happens, which is so typical. Anyway, also joining from South London, it's Mr. Paul Muir. Hey, Dimple. Yeah, yeah. I also kind of said last week on a pod I thought we were going to get done. Um, I had faint hope at half time that we might be able to hold on to it, but then that was obviously dashed. Yeah, I come to terms with that quite quickly. I'm just off to uh, practice my MMA forearm smashes against my punch <laughs> bag, so I can then play in. Uh, I can play kind of attacking midfield for Man United. Yeah, dirty Pogba. Um, as always, let's crack in with the lineup. HG, I know what you're going to say before you've even <laughs> thought it yourself. <laughs> Every single week. Um, okay, so to put it bluntly, it's Toby plus one. We know this. It should be this. It wasn't today. It's a problem. But I did decide to look at some of the stats because, you know, we all know that Toby done, has done quite well with this season, but let's think about things. Toby has started 18 games in the Premier League for Spurs this season. And of mm. those 18, we've actually lost six. Okay. But we've won 10. Right? So we've only two draws in that. Um, mm. 10 out of 18 is what? Close to Tim Sherwood, 59%. Um, <laughs> in the 13 games that Toby hasn't started, we've won four. And yeah. of those four, 
Two of them were in the first four games of the season when we beat Southampton and Man United away. The right. other two, uh, we beat Sheffield United 3-1 by playing three at the back. And then we beat Villa two weeks ago, or three, whenever it was, three, four weeks ago. Um, that's it. So we've won two games without Toby in the league since October the 4th. That's clearly a sign as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, we, we, we know it. Like, for whatever reason, Sanchez goes from being in the starting 11 to not being in the 20. Dyer makes his way, I guess, off the bench last week, and Alderweireld stays there. That, to me, was the only the only thing wrong, I think, with the 11, because the 11 I picked had the other 10. It was just I wanted Toby to be with Roden. Yeah. Um, I don't think it would have changed the result today, if I'm honest, but that is no? what I wanted. No, I don't think so. Like, I, I like Toby, but I think that I mean, I think I think we're better with Toby in the team, but I think United would still have been better uh, than than we were today. Okay, well, I think I'm going to point the blame firmly at some of our defenders when we get to it. So I'm not sure I agree with that, but yeah, it's 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 never a good thing. We talk about this every week. It's like the Delhi thing over again. I just feel like now we're just repeating ourselves week after week. But I just don't understand it. Paul, were you happy with the lineup? Any surprises for you? Happy to see that sort of Hoybier, Undombele, Lacelso midfield. Yep, absolutely with a midfield. I can only uh, reiterate what HG just said there. Without the perfectly formed stats, um, why is <laughs> what what's going on with Toby? Um, you know, there's a lot of what can we say noise around the club at the moment. A lot mm. of it is pretty. Ninety five percent of it is negative. Um, this this is a big issue because this is affecting us on the field. Um, once you see Dyer in the, in the centre back, you you meet look at like who they got on the, on in uh, who Man United got an attack. And I looked, I thought, oh, Cavani, not blistering pace. Okay, so not a lot's going to go in behind us. Yeah, Rashford started, but he was obviously going to be up against like a pretty kind of rapid fullback. Um, and then obviously it was, I didn't feel I didn't feel too bad at that point with um, with Dyer at centre-back. But as we'll come on to in the goals, I think he's culpable for maybe one, if not uh, certainly a, a second one as well. But the actual line, the actual lineup itself, I was yeah, I, I liked the midfield and obviously the front three uh, at the minute picked themselves. So I was I, I was fairly happy with the lineup, and that's yeah, where okay. it stopped. And that's where it stopped. I was, I was definitely happy that we didn't play four four two. I mean that 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 to me was yeah. a big thing. I didn't want to see four four two with Marcelo normally on the right and Lucas down the left. So yeah, I mean seeing seeing the four three three that we had, it, it could have been a lot worse based on based on Jose's previous selections so the first 30 minutes I didn't really think there was much in it to be honest it was very low on sort of scoring opportunities and things like that it was it was sort of end-to-end to a certain extent but there wasn't much end product in it at all was there so what what did you think HG we sort of fairly happy with the first half an hour yeah I was because we were playing on the front foot and we were trying to play many United half yeah. Um, I think that's all I really wanted us to do. I didn't want us to sit back and defend deeply with the 11 we had because it wouldn't have suited us. So I thought, yeah, we, I thought we did all right. I think Lucas had a chance really early on. Um, possibly you know, could have got a shot on target, but didn't. But we held our own against against the second best team in the country. I mean, we, we, we were yeah. trying to attack. We, we didn't look under too much pressure. There were occasions of certainly going down our right-hand side where United got in a few times. And yeah. I think one, once mm. Pogba got, really got involved, we started to... To look a bit ropey, but yeah, you know, first half an hour, I, I, I think we did all right for a, for a side that's playing a team that's better than us. 
Yeah, I mean, that was it for me. I was just happy that we were having a go and we were kind of not sitting back, like you said. Um, There might not have been much end product, but it was positive and we were fighting and it was combative and all the things that you kind of hope for. And I was like, well, I'm not too fussed by this. There was a few chats on our Patreon, people saying, well, it's pretty uneventful this half an hour, but it was more the spirit that we approached the game that I was relatively happy with. What did you think, Paul? I thought we competed really well for the first 30 minutes. I thought um, both fullbacks getting forward, Quite well. Reggie didn't have his best game. I thought he put a lot of passes uh, to the wrong player. I was really impressed by Serge. I mean, I'm I'm not his greatest fan, but I thought he did really well today. Um, uh, I thought he got forward, and I thought also as well he was he was really really unfortunate uh, when um, Pogba smashed him in the face. Yeah, and the ref did nothing about that. Did Did nothing about it. No, the forearm, and then obviously he went down. He held his face and stuff. Um, When when uh, when Sky showed it again in slow mo. Um, he definitely raises his elbow. It's not to protect the ball. It's not to protect himself either. And he moves his shoulder and his elbow. He extends into the guy, in, into Serge's jaw. And then we have Gary Neville and his mate Martin Tyler going, oh, well, if, if Pogba's so tall and he has to like kind of protect himself, <laughs> his elbow's going to come up and because he's so tall, it's going to hit someone else in the head. I've never heard so much nonsense in all my life. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like getting a six-year-old to try and explain something in judo or something like that. It's. It, it, I thought Pogba was lucky, definitely not to pick up a yellow. And I, I'm sure if it would, I think if the ref had looked at it again, then you got possibly a red there. And then, I mean, I'm not, it sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm clutching at straws, but I mean, in the context of the game, he's like, I thought he was, he was quite lucky to get away with uh, nothing there. And I think that kind of put Serge off a bit as well when he, he tried to get forward a bit more as well. Um, mm. But that first 30 minutes, like you were saying, was, um, was decent. We matched him and we tried to press. We tried to, we tried to win the ball further up the field. Uh, Lucas was getting in some good positions as well. I think Harry was like really kind of like giving Maguire and Lindelof a lot to worry about with movement and stuff. It looks yeah. all right. You're right. It looked fine. Uh, and talking about that surge point, it, it seemed almost more strange when you when you look at McTominay's and the, the goal that wasn't HG. I mean, what did you think of his Shaolin finger jab in Sonny's face? And, and <laughs> the thing for me is that I think the ref knew it was soft. It, it probably should have been given in, in modern context of, you know, VAR decisions because we've seen it happen. The goal probably should have been a disallowed. But I, I almost feel like people were saying it should be a yellow, but the ref was like, well, it's a bit soft. I won't allow the goal, but I'm not sending him off for this. Yeah, so I was watching it on German TV and obviously I was a bit surprised because I didn't really know what was going on. But they talked about this this kind of rule change that VAR referees can't really get involved in whether things should be yellow cards or red cards. And certainly if they do, then they have to say it should be this. And if the referee mm. doesn't do that, then it then the, the referee on the pitch can't can't change his mind and say, oh, it should be a yellow. I don't really understand the, the differences there, but they were talking about that. To me, I think it's pretty clear that he wants to push Sun away. I don't think there's yeah. any doubt that there's an intent no. there. I also don't think he was trying to poke him in the eye. <laughs> Um, or whatever happened to Sun. So I I do think that Sun probably fell a bit easy. But at the end of it, I just thought, well, we were probably quite lucky because the goal was disallowed. And McTominay was probably quite lucky that he didn't get a second yellow. And that in itself made it a somewhat fair decision. Yeah, I agree. And Paul, was this the goal that you you did blame Dyer for or is it the next one? No, it's the next one. Um, (laughs) He wasn't great in this one either, to be honest, was he? No, he wasn't great on this one as well. But I thought, I don't know, uh, as you know, I watch it with uh, the sound noise turned off um, right. on my feed. 
And I didn't hear Roden or anybody like just give him a shout because he, he looks about a second before. He definitely knows he's there. Now, I don't mm. know if he's like waiting for like Roden to call or Roden to step up with him or I'm not too sure what happened there, but he just ghosts off the back of, of Dyer and, and Rodon. And then, I mean, you're talking in like three or four yards, you know, and you you, you know Hugo's not going to come out and try and kind of smother it because that's not, that's not what he does at the minute. So yeah. I, it's 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 six one and a half does the other really. I, I but it was a it was it was good movement. But I also thought maybe Rodon could have taken command a bit more and just and just come around and he, he, I mean he sees uh, Cavani make the move in front of him, so he he hasn't got his back to the player, so he, he should be in control of what's going on. But it was it was it was yeah it was good movement. But I also think we could have done a lot better in defending it. To be honest, you know I, I agree completely. I mean Dyer's ball watching. There's no doubt yeah. in my mind that Dyer's yeah. ball watching. Yeah. But then. I don't know what you expect him to do. Is he going to turn around and turn, take his eyes off the ball to find mm. out where the runners are going when he knows he's got defenders behind him? Roden was a bit too deep. I think if Roden had been in line with Dyer, he'd have been offside when the ball was played. He wasn't. Yeah, and so it, it, it's it's tough, right? Because we all know that Dyer ball watches. He's done it plenty of times before. But in this case, I don't necessarily blame him for doing it. I think that you know, if you're going to apportion blame, then it's probably you know half and half. But you, I think you just have to kind of give Pogba a bit of credit for seeing the ball and putting it through Aurier's legs because if he hadn't done that, the ball's not getting to him. I think Roden almost hopes that he's going to play him offside because he stops. But yeah, Dyer's just, it's a constant thing for him. He's awareness. It's, it's ball watching to a certain extent in these covering areas and stuff like that. But when you're a centre defender, you need to be aware of people making runs, especially behind you. And um, I just don't feel like he is. I think exactly like you said, he ball watches far too often. Do you think so? Do you think Toby would have stopped that goal? I think Toby's a bit more aware, but no, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, but I feel like he's he's maybe a bit positionally well. But at the end of the day, sometimes you have to just admit that it was a decent run, and it was like Cavani's yeah. one sort of really elite skill he's got is his movement, and he's really good. Like he, at least three times today, his movement nearly resulted in goals. Mm. Um, but again, that might have been a little bit of watching from Dyer as well. Yeah. Oh, God. So, yeah, it's. I think we, we were quite lucky there. But then very quickly we went and it almost felt like we were going to um, really upset things. Our goal was, was really nice football, wasn't it, HG? All one-touch stuff. Yep, Dombele finally got a chance to look forward to make a pass. Straight to Kane. Kane one-touch to Lucas. Lucas, we all thought, was going to shoot. Probably you know, find the far corner flag. And um, <laughs> and uh, he, he squared it perfectly for Sun. And to be honest, I thought Sun was going to miss too. Yeah, because it, it didn't look like an easy chance. It looked like something that he it. had to get perfectly right. And and he did. But when was the last time we scored a goal that that, that seemed to come off the training ground? Because that yeah. one was just really well done. It was almost like the perfect Mourinho goal. As in, these are my four best players. <laughs> well, three plus Lucas and. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, give them, if they don't get a chance to think, then they can they can create chances. They can do really well. So it, it was it was a nice goal. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's just a shame that you know, at the end of it, we're, we're thinking that a three-one defeat. But to go one-nil up in that manner, it, it obviously pissed United off because they they weren't happy by the end of the first half, and and, and we deserved it because we 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 taken the chance. I mean, that simple. I love the little assault. I loved the little Celso. Uh, started it around a corner, didn't he? It came into him from the fullback. No, actually, it might have been the, the centre back. And he just one touch and he's around the corner to Ndombele and Ndombele's in. And that the way to pass 
into Kane, mm. and then Kane with his back falling back with momentum, touching it around the corner. Yes, Lindelof misses it, and maybe he could have done a bit better. But even still, that that skill that Kane showed there, falling backwards into just to like cushion it into Lucas's path, and then Lucas quite a heavy touch across the goal, and and Son finished it really, really well. I mean, he's got he's got the goalie, he's got Henderson like running across the goal. You know, he's a good goalkeeper. Uh, it was a really, really good goal. Yeah, it was really good. And Lindelof gets an error for that, but I just think he yeah. was running the other direction. He wasn't, yeah. you know, it was so quick, he wasn't expecting it and he's yeah. just slightly off balance. But yeah, Sun's finished. He was literally had a square, you know, probably had a foot, I guess, gap by the time the keeper got across to put it in. And he mm-hmm. did, because I was thinking he's going to take a touch and then try and place it. So the fact he did it first time and it went in, I was like, that's a good goal. Can't, can't argue with that at all. And then going in at halftime, you, you asked me before we started today, Paul, was I confident at that point? And in a, in a way, I wasn't. I was probably more nervous because you know I wasn't expecting us to win this game I was almost expecting us to lose but it's just the way isn't it the fact that we score that goal and we are this season not resilient enough we keep giving away leads and Man United are the comeback kings they've got so many points this season from behind almost like they need to concede in order to step up and just it just felt inevitable um and then second half I wouldn't say we gave them a goal but again it's just Cavani good running and Dyer, Dyer and Roden are both claiming yeah. offside mm-hmm. rather than tracking Fred. HG, like, what do you do about these defensive mistakes? You initially, at least for me, you initially credit Man United for a really good goal. It was a um, good goal. Because it was one touch and simple movement, short, simple movement that went straight through us. Yes, it would have been lovely for Hugo to just catch the ball. And then <laughs> that was it. Um, yeah. He did kind yeah. of just palm it out. But you're right. I think that Again, they're ball watching. I mean, that's just it. They're watching the ball go around them. They're looking at Cavani take the shot, and they're forgetting that if Hugo doesn't save it cleanly, it's their job. They have mm. to fo- not just watch it, but follow it. Try try to anticipate where it might go, and neither of them did it. Um, I guess you can you can give you know, give them both a bit of a a reason for not doing it because like Dyer's not really a centre back, and Roden's still pretty young at this level, but. I mean, those are things that you learn as a kid, I would imagine, as a centre-back. You, you, you need to know to do this. So yeah. it's um, something that they should have worked on on the training ground. They should at least know that they have to do it. And it's not as if Fred came from behind them. I mean, he was in front of them. So it's it's tough to, to see goals like that. But I think to me, you know, we were defending in numbers and United still got straight down the middle. And I think in that case, you have to give them credit. Like Cavani's movement to the side, I think it was of Dyer made mm. the goal mm. right I mean that's, that's all he needed to do because everything else is in front of us but when Cavani moves to the side and Dyer's watching the ball the pass is easy and I think United did it really well so as much as it sucks obviously and I mm. can sit here and think that maybe Toby wouldn't have been ball watching and maybe Toby would have done a better job at keeping with his man then I, 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 I just today it was about Man United scoring good goals and playing well mm. the thing is I, th- I can firmly remember Vertonghen and Toby clearing, you know, clearing uh, shots where where Larissa saved it and they've slid in and hooked it over the, you know, over the yeah. bar or whatever or smashed it out. And yeah, I just I just think those two. When I saw them just stand there with their arm up, I was going, "Watch him! Watch Fred <laughs> making that obvious run in front of you. You're literally watching him." I mean, uh, Dyer was watching the ball as always, but yeah. like Rodon wasn't. He he should have seen it and he didn't. Very disappointing. But we definitely we definitely. We definitely dropped, but I mean, even Tyler said it. Like Spurs have like 
kind of dropped 10 meters and you know and the end the end of the first half ended really spitefully you could see that i actually quite yeah. enjoyed it we were being a typical jose side whatever that is but we were getting in their faces and they were getting wound up Shaw was getting pissed off Pogba was getting fernandez was moaning all the time you yeah. know and then they come out and we knew they were going to step it up they knew we, we knew we knew that oh, anybody who knew how united played combat kings who just called them they were going to step it up but again, we just retreat to 15, we, 10, 15 metres. Okay, mm-hmm. and as she just said there, and you just said there, they just come through the middle. That wasn't happening when we were playing City and we were playing Chelsea defensively. Those spaces weren't there. They weren't there. And now they are. It's too easy to cut through us, and we can all see it happening. But we do invite this pressure on and we, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if it's, uh, again, it comes back to this age old question we've been asking for the last couple of months. It's like, who makes these decisions to like mm. camp 10 yards, 10, 15 yards outside the 18 yard box. It's literally like, we'll hold them here and that's it. And that's okay. If you've got a really good kind of defensive unit, cause you think, okay, mm. we'll shuffle across in a low block, but we're not that. So it's, it's just really disappointing that we concede in that manner. And, and and the route he comes that that to me was just just poor just poor we we invited that on and they yeah. got they got it they got it well it's interesting because I looked at the the possession stats and I think up until our goal we were leading by like 55 56 something like that but then by right. the end of the half we we dropped off so you're right we we sort of almost like once we go up we're like well we'll just see this one out which is not a terrible tactic but doesn't seem to work for us all season. No. And then my next question, HG, I'll put it to you, was that do you think that sub was right? After United scored, we brought on Sissoko for Lacelso. And obviously Sissoko takes the place of Ndombele. He goes into a more attacking position and you probably think there's nothing really too bad about that. But I don't know. It's just really the message it sends for me. I think the message it sent was that Paul Pogba was the best player on the pitch and we had to do something to try and stop it. Because we, we talked about it at halftime in the Patreon chat that Pogba was kind of running things. He started off as like almost the left winger mm. in their system. And there were plenty of times when he was pulling onto Aurier's shoulder and Aurier didn't know whether he should follow him or not. When he did, Luke Shaw was out there. And I think that even with um, even with Cavani and Rashford, like neither of them played that central. Cavani mm. was quite happy to come out wide left. Rashford played wide right. And so they almost had no one to mark in the middle. And we didn't know how to handle it. If Pogba left the left-hand side and ran into the centre, who was going to go with him? And so I think that on many levels, you'd have thought, okay, well, Sissoko needs to deal with Pogba. We need to find a way to deal with Pogba. And Sissoko is probably the the best person we had to do that. I can understand not making that substitution at half-time because it would have come across as being super defensive, which, of course, nobody wants Tottenham to be. But it might well have been a better time to do that then. Once it went to 1-1, it definitely felt, oh crap, we've got to hang on to this now. And Jose had seen the way that the first 15 minutes had gone, that United had already scored once. They'd scored just before us in the first half. They were certainly in the ascendancy. And so it was very reactive by that point. But it's, I don't blame him for not doing it at halftime, and I don't really blame him for doing it when he did. It just meant that we had to find more of a platform in midfield so that then our front three or four had a chance until then, we, we were just being outnumbered because, you know, Pogba, McTominay, Fred, Fernandes, they all played relatively central and mm. we didn't have the numbers to counter it. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, and what about the second goal, Paul? The one thing for me was I was glad it didn't happen in the last few minutes because I was thinking, well, at least we've got 10 minutes now to have a go at it. But again, 
dire. He just gave up marking Cavani. He almost just sort of goes towards the ball and leaves this gap between himself and Oreo, which which Cavani's just in between. And Oreo as well. He's like the guy's a metre in yeah. front of him and he doesn't even try to do anything about it until the ball comes in. And by then it's too late. Great ball from Greenwood, I must say, but just terrible defending again, isn't it? Yeah. A uh, little nutmeg uh, into, I think it's Fernandez into uh, Greenwood and then literally yeah. first time left foot. Uh, Dyer, he's in the centre. I mean, Rodan's been pulled out towards the left-hand side and Dyer's yeah. there on his own. Um, he's got a lot of space there. Yeah, he gets underneath the ball. But again, if you're a, if you're a fullback and you see that play developing in front of you, you've got to come around on the cover. No? Is yeah, that just me? Definitely. So Serge, no, you've got to come more goal side. And... I don't know, a little nudge in the back or something, or I'd just try put trying to put him off. You know, it was a good header. It was a great ball in, but I felt that we could, I mean, Serge especially could have defended it a lot better with, with his uh, with his positioning. Um, yeah. But yeah, Dyer did get caught under the ball as well. Yeah, I mean, It's that, not even that though. He just walks away. He's, he's literally walking into an area where there's no threat. He's got yeah. a guy behind him. There's nobody making a run into the box that he's like mm-hmm. going into to prevent getting on the end of it. He just ball watches and walks into space I think he might even be because Roden's gone across and he thinks well maybe I need to just get in this little gap here but as soon as the ball comes in he's got no chance of getting it it was a great ball and like you said Serge is just not doing what he should do be goal side your goal side you can block him off you can make it difficult for him he doesn't do that and again we've just we've basically just given them the lead I think you suspect that Oreo's thinking well that's Dyer's man Dyer's got him but he he can see, that's the problem. He's facing, isn't he? And Cavani's in front of him. He's facing that. He can see everything that's happening. And he yeah. just, he just and, and switches he, he was, off. He was a couple of yards too high up. I mean, absolutely, I get it. If he's mm-hmm. in line with Dyer, then he can come around maybe and make a challenge. But because he's a couple of yards ahead, which our fullbacks do tend to be, then it's impossible because the quality of the ball, because it's mm-hmm. perfect for Cavani. It's a great like, if anything, the ball ends up closer to Dyer um, than it does to Aurier because of the way that it's whipped in. So it's tough because, yes, it, you look at it and you think, you know, we could have done better, we should have done better. But I still think that really it, it's Greenwood's first time cross. We're just not prepared for it. We, we're not expecting it. And because of that, they can get in and score. And, and Cavani you know, places the header well and, and anywhere else. And, and I think Hugo saves it. But it's just, mm. it, it, it seems good, too yeah. easy because it probably was. But. <laughs> um, yeah, like I don't think that—that that to me is one where I, I would expect Toby to have done a better job because I think he would have stayed with Cavani a lot more than Dyer did. Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, like I said a minute ago, I kind of felt after that. Well, at least we've now got ten minutes to have a go at it, and I thought Man United might sit back. We didn't create a huge amount. I think Kane had a chance. Sonny, Sonny had a chance. Whether you that one that he kind of sliced massively, mm. uh, you can count as well. But the closest we got was basically Cavani nearly scoring an own goal with the Pogba assist, wasn't it, Paul? Uh, yeah, uh, cro- uh, it's a corner, wasn't it? Came in across, and then I think uh, Lindelof misses it, hits the back of um, hits the back of Pogba, and then loops to the back stick, and then Cavani just glances it onto the bar, and then I think uh, is it Son on the follow up. His son slashes it, yeah. Yeah, and it can skies it. it. Yeah, that, I mean that was the closest that we did come, which was uh, which was disappointing. Just a bit of composure needed. I mean, like it was a decent yeah. chance for Son. I mean, that, like, yeah. we, we, we look at the goal that is it Callum Robinson scored last week for West Brom at Chelsea, the first time half volley on the run. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you don't you don't need to smack it as hard as you can just to get a decent connection. And I think Son, maybe the ball is spinning. It's not easy to do, but you think, you know, he's on his best foot. 
you just need to get over it and get a good connection. And he didn't do either. I, I think that was actually a, a decent chance for Spurs. Yeah, I agree. And I've watched the post-match interviews. I've looked, you know, seen Roden being sad and unhappy. I've seen Sonny's one, which was maybe a bit more ominous. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it. I know you two guys haven't seen it, but there's a moment where Son says, I wanted to have a really good end to the season because, and then he kind of trails off. And I think that, you know, the the, the Spurs negatives will be saying is because he's saying, because this is my last season at Spurs, I'm not signing a contract and I'm off, which could well be the case. But things and morale and everything seem so low at Spurs at the moment. Um, where do we go from here, Paul? Top four, it's got to be over now, surely, isn't it? it it's definitely over now. It's definitely over. Sixth, I believe, is what we get. Well, even that's a lot higher than a lot of people think. I mean, HG, people are saying we might finish bottom table now. But there's seven no. games left and we're, we're six points off, aren't we? But West Ham are just proving to like they, they probably deserve to be up there. Well, they do deserve to be up there. You can't argue. When you win, what, 17 games out of 31, mm. they deserve to be up there. It's awful to see. <laughs> um, <laughs> awful. But, yeah, because you know, you know how much I, you know, I love West Ham, but... I give them credit. Like I do like to be like that with teams. If teams deserve to be up there, then fair enough. And had we mm. won today, I still would look back and think we've won a few games by being lucky. Yeah, mm. and, and we'd be we'd be talking about maybe will Mourinho stay? Is this a good thing? So none of us would be thinking, great, we have a chance. We'd we'd all be worried about whether Mourinho would have another year. So there's clearly a bit of luck that goes into it. Um, but with West Ham, no, they. They have a good side and they were without Antonio today and they were without Declan Rice again. I mean, two of the players I think most people see as their better ones, mm. they're 3-0 up against Leicester. I mean, like Spurs would kill to be in that position against a team that high up in the table. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the last time we did that, uh, West Ham came back to draw. But it was... Yeah, I mean, it, like, it, it's rough to see it, but the football fan in me, if I take away you know, the tribal Spurs side, the football yeah. fan in me would actually wouldn't mind seeing Leicester and West Ham qualify for the Champions League if it meant that Liverpool and Chelsea didn't as well. Exactly. Like, Mixes it up a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And like, I mean, we talked about this a little bit, but the West Ham team, I don't think there are many players in that team that big clubs might come circling for. I think Declan Rice no. is probably the only one. Doesn't, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't, but I think that that's probably the one that everyone thinks, okay, he's good enough to play for a, you know, a big six side. But that Leicester side, I think, is far closer to the precipice than West Ham are because Leicester have done it for a couple of seasons now. But players like Madison and players like... I mean, Vardy may not do it for a couple more years now. He's already 34 now, is it, Vardy? So you look at Leicester and you think players like Ndidi have been there for a number of years now. Maybe they won't want to continue. Maybe they will want to, to go. So if Leicester missed out, then maybe Leicester would fall apart. But... Yeah, there, there is there is part of me that thinks West Ham, considering where they were when Mourinho started, right, yeah. where they've gone in the last eighteen months, I don't think I could begrudge them a Champions League place. As much as I hate West Ham and as much as I hate Mrs. Pesky Solido and the Dildo Brothers. Yeah, the thing for me is that a lot of Spurs fans online, the ones that are kind of trying to say, look, Jose isn't as bad and um, we've played all right this year and look where we are in the table, like we're only however many points it was, three points off top four, things like that. But then you just look at the way that we've got the results we have. And, and like you say, we scored three against West Ham in that first half. But West Ham have put three past 
like Leicester today, they did it against Arsenal. Yeah, they're scoring goals. Like they're, they're, they're confident in the way they play football and they're going out on the front foot and just going through teams. All right, you know, they seem to then sit back and concede a few, but we've not been like that all season, really. It's always just such hard work with Spurs and there's no way, all right, the position we're in, we're, we're still in with a shout, but like there's no way you can decide, you say we deserve Champions League football next season. If you look at the teams above us, Okay, their best one to eleven. Okay, obviously we're not in City, United, uh, Chelsea, or Liverpool. Okay, well, mm. I don't think our best eleven beats their best eleven. I don't think. I think they've got better player. If you look at Leicester and you look at West Ham, and I said this today in the Patreon chat, is that the collective of those teams are better than our eleven individuals, even with two world class players in them as well. And and. I'm, I'm, I'm with HG, the football fan inside me. And as much as I hate to say this, and I despise West Ham, a lot of my friends in like my previous jobs and stuff are big West Ham fans, and we have a lot of banter. But they deserve to be where they are. Yes, they've got an on-fire rejuvenated Lingard, who has been amazing. I, I get that. But then we had an on-fire and amazing strike duo early in the season as well. And we've blown it. Um, so, you know, it, it's... When, when you look at it, so why why is Leicester and West Ham doing it? It's because they've got a manager who, who's got, excuse me, coaches and managers who want to like put their best teams out. And as HG always says, plays the players in the right positions. The collective yeah. is better. They are better coaches than Mourinho. They might not have the CV, but at this point in time, in 2021, David Moyes, okay, and Brendan Rodgers, I know, I know HG will probably jump in here, but they, they are better coaches than Jose Mourinho. Yeah, and I feel like this year as well, they're the teams that have kind of gone under the radar, oddly, even though they've been up there all season. Um, it's, it's maybe a bit easier. like And the, the morale, you can just sense that the morale of a team on the way up is so much better than ours, even though I we're believe. only a few points behind. Our, the negativity at Spurs this season is uh, is massive, I think. But look, if you take two, Spurs' two biggest wins of the season, right, with Southampton and Man United away, um, the Southampton game, we were pretty poor for the first 44 and a half minutes until they gifted us an equaliser. In the second half, they forgot how to play football because <laughs> every single chance we had was pretty much the same. Kane over to Sun, Kane over to Sun, and they didn't even try to stop it. The Man United game, what was it Marshall went got sent off after, what, 25 minutes? 25 minutes. minutes, yeah, 25 so, minutes. So, like, those games have to be taken as... as I mean, I think we, we took them with a pinch of salt at the time. We didn't think that it was a particularly good sign of where we were as a side. But they're the two big wins. Outside of that, okay, we've had a couple of home wins against, what, you know, Leeds we beat comfortably and Palace and Burnley. But we, we, we've had a few wins by a lot of goals and the rest of it has been pretty dire, whether we've won or lost. So it's it, it's tough. Because, yeah. as I've said plenty of times, all I really want to see is a semblance of a plan that we are trying to achieve something. Because it's not enough to say to your 11 players, off you go. Because, West, you know, because Man City will beat you because they've got 11 better players and a plan. Liverpool will beat you even when they don't have their three best defenders because they had a plan on how to do it and they did it twice mm. against us. You need to have a plan. West Ham's players are not as good as Tottenham's, but because they have a plan and they stick to it and they've got confidence because they, they are noticing that it works, they are deservedly higher than us in the league. A plan is everything. If Jose had had a plan and had lots of injuries, I'd be winning, okay, give you a bit more time, right? Because you can't do anything about injuries. He's not had injuries, 
right? We've played a lot of games, but he's not had injuries. He's had a chance to say, this is how I want you to play. Man United know they play 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3, guaranteed. They don't do any of that 5-3-2 business anymore. It's pretty much they have one way of playing, and Solskjaer might say, good, off you go. Spurs don't even have that. 4-4-2 last week against Newcastle. 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3 today. Who knows what we'll see next week? We saw three at the back against Sheffield United. That came from nowhere. We saw it again against Brighton, and we lost. There's there's no logic to what we're seeing, and it's it's awful because that, to me, is why Jose should go. Yeah. Well, Cheeseheads, if you want to relive fond memories of times uh, past, then footballprizes.co.uk this week has a signed Jan Vertonghen shirt framed and it's from the 16-17 season when we were good. <laughs> so stick that up on your wall and uh, remember the good times. Tickets are £7.45, pence, but with the code 10cheese, you get a 10% discount. There's 99 tickets uh, available and the closing date is Monday the 12th of April at 7.30. That's footballprizes.co.uk. Get involved. Oh, for fuck's sake. You won't believe this. This is from Arsenal. No, I don't even know what's going on there. The official Spurs Twitter. Another match day and more abhorrent racial abuse suffered by one of our players. This has again been reported to the platforms and we shall now undertake a full review alongside the Premier League to determine the most effective action moving forward. We stand with you, Sonny. Oh, so Sonny's been abused now. Sonny has been abused, apparently. I mean, all I've done is seen the tweet. I don't even know what kind of abuse he's got, but this is just... Obviously, there's no room for racism in football. And the people that do it aren't football fans. They're not even decent people, are they? At the end of the day, if you're going to abuse people on the base of their race, then you're a scumbag. You shouldn't abuse anyone, regardless of who they play for. It's it's just mental that... How has it got this bad? How, how are people so, so upset with their lives or with their football team that they think that the race of someone... Is a reason to abuse them? I, I've got I've got no words for it. Exactly, no to abuse except for Piers Morgan. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Piers Morgan. But, but but not not for his not for his skin color, lads. Right? Like, exactly. By, by their fruits, ye shall know them. That is enough for Piers. We all know what rotten fruit he's got. But seriously, <laughs> um, yeah, Piers Morgan deserves whatever abuse he gets as long as it's not racial. Okay. No. There we go. Agreed. Great. Right, chaps, bring this one to an end. Um, HG, thanks as always for joining. No problem. Love you, Sonny. And um, Mr. Muir, cheers for joining as always. Always. Thanks for having me on. Right. Um, we'll have a preview for the Everton game, which is on Friday. So I don't know what we're going to do for a pod, to be honest. But we'll have a preview. It might be a hybrid uh, YouTube video because it's a bit easier. <laughs> we did it this week and it was relatively successful. So look out for that on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Call us very excited because he had like two and a half thousand people on these live post-match video today probably people looking for sad spurs fans <laughs> if i'm honest but go on know. caller go on get in there he's um he's very happy with himself so yeah please subscribe to our youtube channel and look out for the videos on there and um until next time come on you spurs come on you spurs come on you spurs sports social podcast network with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.